the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black, and your money. I'm Rob Black. Most people uh, not working today, but I'm here. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything um, you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing. And like I said, so much more. Um, we can talk tech. We can talk China. China's stock market plunged about 8% on Monday after the country's securities regulator imposed margin trading curbs on several major brokerages, a sign that authorities are trying to rein in some of the big gains. It was China's largest drop in six years. Wow. Other markets in Asia and Europe were mostly higher on the expectation that the ECB, European Central Bank, is going to start buying debt as of Thursday of this week. In France, uh, their president came out and said as much. So that kind of leaked out, probably not to the central bank's thrill. Um, loses a little bit of its power when it's talked about by the politicians, not the bankers per se. And it's leaked early. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. And again, anything you want to talk about, let's take a shot at it today. Um, I kind of pride myself on dedicating the show to you. Uh, one area that ultimately frustrates the hell out of me is a lot of people know what I do and that I look over financial plans and that I can try to give feedback. Uh, one of my neighbors gave me their portfolio and didn't really give me any information like age and income. And when you get right down to it, a lot of the portfolio is going to be locked up in the pension. How much will the state pay her to retire in 10 years for 40 years? Will it be enough? Um, that's a good question. It's a very, very good question. 
But I was like, so what's your budget? What are your goals? And I couldn't get that out of her. And it's almost as if it's a secret. Um, but very, very frustrating, to say the least. And that's what I'm passing on to you right now, is that you really have to have kind of a big picture of what your goals are. But you also have to have a small picture of what are your month-to-month expenses. December is always a crazy expensive month for me. Um, I tend to vacation, and um, I vacation well. So I don't necessarily count that as my budget, but um, I do allocate, you know, $20,000 for vacations, things like that. So one of the very first things you should do this year is decide on, you know, financial goals. There's nothing more appealing for me than saving for, you know, a three-bedroom house with a white picket fence or taking a dream trip while taking a sabbatical from work. Um, so choosing your money goals probably it makes it easier for you to save, in my opinion. You always want to create a spending plan. Um, how much do you spend on food, housing, transportation? Uh, you know, your, your car payment's not just a car payment. It's part of your spending plan. How much are you going to spend this month? So your goals, what are you thinking of, you know, big picture, your spending plan? How much do you earn coming in? How much is going out? So then you can create a budget that allocates 200 a month towards your plans, towards your goals, or 400 a month, or 1,000 a month, or whatever it is that you number you need to get there. Uh, be careful on you know retail. Uh, having been in a number of relationships, I know that some people are better than others at spending and how they interact with a retailer. Stores are in business because they get us to spend money. Um, if you know their tricks, you can better resist temptation. Reward cards, um, enticing smells like cinnamon around the holidays, short-term flash sales are a few of the technique retailers use. I've heard that Disneyland uses, you know, the smell of like cotton candy near a candy store, so that you're more likely to go in. But being a savvy shopper, it may sound silly, but again, it's going to be a big part of where you go in savings. You know, a retailer will post a sign that advertises five items for $5. Now, a consumer may not know that they could purchase just one item for $1. They'll buy five because they think that's the only way to get the deal. Um, So uh, taller and narrower packages. Um, Learn to be a good shopper. I know that sounds like really stupid, but that game on Price is Right the one where they're in the grocery store and they're like, oh, a jar of uh, peanut butter. And you have to guess the price and the closer you get, the better kind of thing. Um, if you can be a good shopper, that's going to save you. That's going to be a, a big way to get to where you want in the world of money and investing and savings and everything else. So I track my spending and I kind of round it up every three months. So what's that mean? Uh, I'll use a budgeting software that tracks my credit cards. And uh, you know, every three months I, I look through it, I'm like, ooh, 
geez, I went crazy on restaurants. Oh, not good kind of thing. Um, so I think tracking your spending is a way of like going, just keeping yourself in check. A lot of people, when they're young, they think, okay, I know that I, I'm, I know my budget. But then they get married, and it's two people. And then they have a kid, and it's three people on a budget. So you do need to kind of grow up and, like, revisit where you are. And, uh, you know, the people that you're in relationships with, uh, one person that's in a relationship hadn't really been in the workforce for five or six years and kind of lost track of how much flights cost and kind of lost track on how much hotels cost and took it for granted that, you know, they're probably about the same, even though they weren't. Um, I like to research products, any major investment. Um, I like looking at things like my cable bill and seeing that I'm renting a modem. And I, for 5 bucks a month, I'm like, I can get that for 60 bucks easy at Best Buy or online, probably used. So learning that, you know, you don't have to accept your bill as your bill is uh, pretty powerful. If you could ever get the ability to earn money from more than one source, it's awesome. That's one of the reasons I like investing. I've got a dividend fund. Let's say I have $100,000 in it. I get $4,000 a year, $5,000 a year just because I have that fund with money in it. Now, hopefully that return beats inflation, but you get the idea. Having a second source of income really, really helps you get ahead um, and fix your uh, budgeting problems and helps you fund your goals. We'll talk about this and more. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Welcome in. I'm Matt Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Doing kind of a perspective kind of show today, and uh, just trying to help you learn how to create and build wealth. I consider myself fairly wealthy, and I'm not bragging. It's all relative to how much you spend, and I consider my spending to be uh, on the humble side. Um... You know, I last left off saying try to earn money from more than one source. It might be the only way for some people to get ahead because a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. So one of the things that you might have to be willing to do is deliver pizzas on the weekend or work at Home Depot. 
instead of watching college football, instead of going for a hike. And I know you're like, you can't work all the time. Well, you might not be able to get ahead if you don't pick it up. So, And you just have to be honest with yourself on that one. Um, I don't mind people negotiating salaries. A lot of workers feel lucky to simply have a job. Uh, sometimes asking for a raise can be a smart move. If you've recently changed jobs, received a promotion, and realized you're underpaid compared to your peers, consider sitting down with your supervisor and, and bringing it up, requesting a raise. Money outside of a full-time job can complicate matters at tax time. Um, so be sure that you keep careful records of it. You know, when I started a company uh, 20 years ago, uh, you kind of maximize your taxable income where it starts to become prohibitive to earn more income because you start upping the tax rates. And then you, you know, you take bonuses, you pay out in other ways. But when that happens, you have to make sure that, like, you're setting aside some money for that, you know, tax man, because he will want his money. Uh, you don't want to shy away from all debt to get wealthy. Uh, you know, I, I know the subprime crisis and mortgages freak people out. A lot of people, you know, I, I said this before, that I, recently the woman was cutting my hair, and I tried to strike up a conversation. And uh, I'm like, so what's your credit cards do you use? And she said, oh, I don't use debit cards. I'm like, what? Like, it shocks me in this day and age that grown adults are afraid of credit. She's like, oh, I learned. You know, me and my husband, we learned that, you know, uh, things can go on that credit card a little too fast. I'm like, just pay it off every month. Set it up from day one to always be paid off at the end of the month and never break that rule. You get, you know, magically a budget. You get to see what you're spending your money on. You get credit protections on things that you bought. You get protections on identity theft issues. Um, and yet, in her mind, she's like, debit's bad. So debt itself isn't bad. And you know, I've been talking recently like, hey, I want to pick up another house. And I've, I've shopped for it. And I, get, I know the general premise that I, I want. Um, I max out my investing. I'm not just in investing. I'm just looking for another you know, way to build equity over time. Notice that when I say real estate, that I'm building equity over time. And I hear some people incorrectly refer to real estate as, you know, the best investment they ever made. It's a liability. And you should know that going in because people do go bankrupt. And some people f are unable to fund both their house and their investments. So their nest egg for retirement gets shortchanged. And some people are comfortable with that. Now, when I say not all debt's bad, credit card debt that you're using to pay for uh, food and you're not paying off is bad. So there is a big difference. Um, I think mortgage debt and student debt, student debt's generally pretty good, especially if you're using that money, um, that education to go for a higher job. Uh, you want to build a solid credit history. Lenders base their decisions on whether or not to loan consumers money and at what rate partially on their credit histories. So uh, that's why when you have debt, you want to get rid of the highest interest rate debt possibly, as fast as possible. Suze Orman, one of the, I find her to be the most average talent 
as far as financial advice goes, I'd say below average. She, um, I think she just slings BS, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think she's out of touch. I don't think she has financial planning concepts in order. I think she sells insurance products that's really overpriced. Um, I think she sells things like credit repair kits that you shouldn't be paying for a credit repair kit. You should Google, how do I repair my credit? Um, she even had a debit card at one point in time with her ugly face on it. And that's a bad idea. So um, building a good credit history is important for sure. Uh, lenders base their decisions on whether or not to loan you money. And Sue Zorman will say, like, just pay off your smallest credit card. Just get it done so you can feel good about yourself. No, no. Pay off the one at 18% versus the one at 10%, for sure, first. Uh, you want to check your credit report? Everyone should do this. Uh, annualcreditreport.com is a place where you can review uh, three different credit reports. Uh, so every four months you can review one credit report. It's the way I would do it. Uh, you get one free review with each service bureau per year. Um, and it's a great way for you to like, get a handle on, you know, if there's any mistakes. But it will also teach you like, oh, you can even go to a, your iPhone or Google store and get an app called Credit Karma. Or even go to the webpage, Credit Karma. And kind of use these two things, your credit report and your credit score, and take a look at, like, why are you lower than, you know, the national average? Why are you higher than the national average? So um, the credit rewards I take advantage of pretty much so soon as possible on my credit cards because terms change. You know, uh, Southwest did a big one last year where the amount of points that you got for a free flight changed dramatically. Um, and... It's kind of interesting because it's like little cyber monies. Like points aren't dollars, but you kind of think of them as 100 points as $100, or you kind of start getting that way. Be careful, don't, because the terms of use on those change regularly. So like if you have a money cash reward card, um, and they'll cut you a check every $100, the moment it hits $100, they owe you back, take it. Because uh, in their mind, it's points. In your mind, it's dollars. They could change what points buy you. Credit cards vary like golden clay. Um, if you're a frequent traveler, you probably want an airline card um, that comes with some travel insurance tied towards it. So uh, I'm a cashback guy. I've got the City Double Cashback card in my wallet right now. I've got a Fidelity FIA Rewards card, which pays 2% back. Um, not bad. No annual fee. So, anyway, let's take a break here. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. It's bringing CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, talk a little bit about wealth preservation and retirement planning. We do seminars on a regular basis tied towards this exact topic. It's typically geared for what I like to say people over 40 years old. Why is that, Chad? Well, you know, the, the, typically when we talk about this stuff, it has to do with people that have saved enough money to be able to be financially independent. In other words, they can choose to work or not, or go do a startup or something more volunteer-oriented. And, you know, I guess it could happen in your 30s if you inherit money or, you know, have a IPO of a company that you created or some sort of invention, I guess. But typically the person that's going to go to this is going to be in their, you know, mid to late 50s. They're going to be close to retirement within 10 years from retirement. That's just a key zone where you really got to think about money differently. You got to think about transitioning your portfolio, not so you're selling stuff and buying safe stuff, but where are you contributing? How are you going to think about taxes? How are you going to think about passing on your wealth? What are you going to do about health care costs in retirement? All those kind of things that will affect your portfolio in the long run. And it's difficult, Rob, because interest rates are low, health care is up in the air, and people are worried about things like Social Security and government debt. So things that we worry about, to me, with wealth preservation retirement planning, I deal with getting to that big number, the nest egg of... I, I can manage my wealth once I have wealth. And to me, I start that number kind of like at a million dollars in the Bay Area, probably about half a million dollars outside the Bay Area or in lower cost areas. Is that a fair number to play with as a starting point? Well, it depends. I, I think of it in terms of relative to your expenses. Right. So if you have a million dollars, but you're spending $250,000 a year, you are not wealthy. <laughs> you're, you, you're not even close to being to the end zone yet. So it really is is based on expenses, and that's part of the exercise. I mean, one of the first things that you have to do to say, how do I even manage my portfolio, is determine how much you're spending, how much of that is needed to just basic function in your life. And you need, when you're still working, you need six months of that to 12 months of that and save money. But when you're in retirement, you need to use those expenses to figure out, how much are you going to draw from your portfolio each year and have that three years worth of safe money that I always talk about that's worked time and time again to get, get people through corrections and in and, and bear markets. So it's really relative to the expenses. And, you know, we just kind of have to talk about building a portfolio base and then adding different things to it as you have more money. When you're young, index funds are the way to go. Broad-based exposure, save on a monthly or biweekly basis and keep keep saving and there's so many more stories of wealth when it comes to that than any other financial topic out there, whether it's trading or options or software or whatever. It's systematic savings. That's what makes people wealthy. Now, retirement planning is a little bit different than wealth management. Um, I don't know what my plan's going to be. I've got enough wealth in my life. I'm, I've done okay there. But my plan is it going to be twiddle my thumbs. It's going to be watch daytime TV. How much does that play into the discussion at a wealth preservation retirement planning event? Uh, it, it, the, one of the things I talk about right at the beginning is having a life plan. Um, we've talked about this before on the show. and um, Apparently, I know a life recent, plan. 
<laughs> you don't have a life plan yeah, yet. Apparently. I think these these sessions are more like counseling sessions for you, Rob. They are. But I had a client that um, they had plenty of assets, but they actually enjoyed work. Um, were living part time and you know out of the state of California, but still working, and and basically ended up right at right after the first of the year with a severance package. Um, they weren't really expecting it, and now they know because they've listened to the show for quite a while that. The most important thing to deal with right now is not, you know, we've already been working on the investment side, but it's not anything except for what am I going to focus on? What am I going to focus on? And I tend to tell people that if you don't know what you're going to focus on, the first two things to focus on is, you know, being healthy, getting really involved into something that that uh, really improves your health because that will improve your retirement. It will cut your health care expenses and it will make you feel really, really good. And then get into something that um, – you know, makes you feel good in terms of volunteer work or charity work if you have enough assets. And those two things, I mean, the, the level of happiness that people get out of those two things is huge. And so really kind of focus on those issues as you get towards retirement, if you already have enough wealth. Um, and then, you know, obviously, once you start drawing on the portfolio, you've got to worry about, you know, things like timing your withdrawals when you rebalance and things like that. But I think it's a life plan is a little bit more important than the money plan, honestly. Interesting to note, you can find more information about CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. There's some good resources on that tab, uh, if you hit the tab resources, where you can download the 10 things you need to know about stock options, or the 12 tax return mistakes, or the 10 pillars of retirement income planning. There's a lot of data there tied towards wealth preservation, retirement planning. You need to get on top of this now. Come to an event soon. You can sign up for the events at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Talking about some ways to build wealth. It's um, it's con- it's an odd concept that it's not an odd concept. It's a concept we all want to know, but it's odd that we don't embrace it more. Like for instance, you want to minimize your investment fees to create wealth, but once you have wealth, you want to consider management fees because you don't want to lose it. Fees on mutual funds and other investment products can take a big chunk of your earnings over time, minimizing fees by avoiding expensive products, um, such as actively managed mutual funds, may not be good for you. You know, you always got to remember the risk and reward rule, and not just the reward rule when it comes to money and investing, you know, or when it comes to money and investing in stocks or money and investing in real estate. There's a... you know, it's something that people overlook. The risk versus reward trade-off is the one classic rule of investing, I'd say. If you want higher rewards, you have to take greater risk. Assess your profile and invest accordingly. Um, if you like to know your money is safe, you probably want to keep it in more conservative investments. So if you're looking for a 20% return, you darn well better be looking for a 20 to 40% correction as well. Um, with that kind of reward comes that kind of risk. If you're looking for 10% returns, you know, 5 to 10% um, can easily be managed on the downside. You want to start early and invest often. You know, the power of compounding means saving early will lead to a much bigger nest egg at retirement time than waiting to save until mid-career. If your company offers a matching contribution program for your retirement plan, taking advantage of that will add up to your savings plans efforts. Um, any sort of corporate match is amazing and awesome. Amazing and awesome. 
don't try to time the market. It's one of the biggest mistakes I see people make again and again and again and again and again. Um, I would rebalance your risk. I would rebalance your portfolios. Uh, but I wouldn't time the market. Um, if you believe that times have changed economically, like, you know, it's going to take a while for us to get out of the Great Recession, you know, you can try to start at that point in time to say, okay, I want to be a little more growthy because a lot of bad numbers have hit, and as they improve, that'll, you know, like for instance, there's a company that I own called Cintas. Uh, it's a uniform company. Uh, I've owned it for a couple of years now. Uh, the thought on it is that when unemployment was at 10, 12 percent, uh, it was going to get better, and it worked its way down to six percent roughly. And as employment got better, you know, more jobs being created and people needing uniforms for those jobs, waiters and waitresses and, you know, other type of, you know, uh, professional linens, so to speak. Um, so I did change, you know, some holdings in my portfolio to take advantage of the high unemployment likely coming lower. You want to consider your time horizon, and uh, I think that's critically important. When you're young, you are so beautiful. You have nothing but time on your side. Don't forget that. Uh, you've got 40 years, and every 7.2 years, the market doubles roughly. So doubling, you know, 100 to 200, 200 to 400, 400 to 800, 800 to 1600, is going to take you 35 years of that original $100. Um, you know, 100 to 2 to 4, 4 to 8, 8. To sixteen, sixteen hundred dollars from a hundred—that's not bad. But do the math. You know, seven more years, and it's thirty-two hundred. That's even better. Um, so get your money in sooner rather than later. Um, I'd consider, you know, learning and studying from professionals. And once you have wealth, I would consider working with one. Um, you want to avoid conflicts of interest. Uh, annuities are bad. Annuities will hurt you. Annuities will screw you. Um, if interest rates were considerably higher, I'd say, hey, consider locking in that, you know, that fee or that rate of return. But no, the people that sell you annuities typically are paying for really expensive radio and television shows, and they're trying to get their windfall back by putting you into it. Um, even better, there's this one guy on a uh, talk station, a conservative talk station on the AM dial. Um, he goes after pension plans and then puts them in at notice. That should be criminal. It really should be criminal. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. 
One of the things I'm talking about today is the idea of building wealth. I'm trying to give some really specific, like, one-liners. Things like, um, consider your time horizon. Don't follow the market every day. The market goes up and down. If you're investing for the long term, there's no need to stress over every debt. Consider working with a professional. Here's one that I really, really like. is Calculate your retirement number. Retirement calculators, which are readily available online, make it easy to estimate how much money you should have before retirement. Um, since $1 million provide forty to $60,000 a year of income over 20 years, you probably want to aim for that, depending on your lifestyle costs. Um, if anyone needs a calculator, if they, you can't find retirement readiness calculator, there's something terribly wrong with your Google skills, you go to Google and you type in retirement calculator. Um, but if you're so lazy that you can't do that and you tell Siri, email Rob Black, email Rob at robblackshow.com, I'll, I'll send out a calculator for you. You want to take baby steps. Putting 10% in your portfolio is better than putting 5% in. But 15% is your ultimate goal of your salary. Savers often have more success by starting small and putting just 2 to 3% of their away and slowly increasing that rate over time. One of the companies that I work for, Salem Broadcasting, they auto-enroll you in a 401k. Uh, I want to say 3%, and then the next year it jumps up to 4%, the next year it jumps up to 5%. Um, I think that's pretty genius. I, I think that's very helpful. Um, you want to check your social security statement online, and you can do that by going to ssa.gov, ssa.gov, and punching in you know, opening an account online and kind of like seeing what you're estimated to get in retirement. A lot of financial planners only assume that that's going to cover your medical care costs in retirement. So keep that in mind. So you want to save even when you're not earning, um, you know, a plethora of I mean, not employed full time. So things like Roth IRAs and spousal IRAs. Um, if you are eligible for, you should consider contributing into. Um, this is a horrible one, but how do you create wealth? How do you build wealth? Consider living with family members. You know, the vast majority of college graduates, you know, move in with their parents for at least a little while. Try to gain some financial footing, you know, especially while job hunting or starting to make student loan payments. Um, that's a tough transition, and that's when a lot of bills start coming your way, and that's when a lot of people make mistakes. So you want to look for non-financial ways to help family members, whether it could be career advice or networking suggestions or learning how to cook a home-cooked meal. So especially young adults. Um, prepare to help aging parents is something that's very humbling, but it's something everyone should be thinking about. A lot of 20, 30, and 40-somethings will need to help their parents as they age. You know, my mother's been in a nursing facility tied towards, you know, breaking her hip and things like that three or four times now in the last 20 years. It's expensive. So if you do get into a situation where one family member is helping mom and four or five family members are not, you want to call a family meeting at some point in time and talk about what this means. Do you expect to be compensated for it? Do they expect to compensate you for it? Um, maybe you're going to get your compensation on the back end after mom passes. 
you know, I know some people take time off work to go help their aging spouses or their aging parents. Um, and I think it should be negotiated. I think it should be written down. And, you know, I don't, I don't think you have to have a lawyer review it, but I don't think that's a bad idea either. So uh, one of the dumbest things that I ever did was I had a crush on a girl in college, and she wrecked her car, and her parents weren't, weren't going to help her. So I co-signed for her, and I probably shouldn't have. Um, it just wasn't a good move. It wasn't a smart move. So if you're not sure about things like your parents, um, talk about it. You know, adult children and family members, you know, I, my cultural background is I don't want my mom to live with me. Uh, some people want their mom to live with them, either a cultural background and or, uh, you know, guilt. Um, I think one of the best ways to get wealthier is to live more simply. Um, whether it's home cooking, you know, haircuts at home, small lifestyle changes like biking to work instead of driving. Um, I find that the older I get, the more and more simpler I get. Uh, I don't need things. I consciously say I, I'm changing as a consumer, and I say it out loud, and that forces me not to, you know, go crazy at the holiday seasons and lavish people with gifts and things like that. It's not that I'm cheap. It's that I find that most of the stuff you buy, anyways, you know, you probably don't need. Um, cheaper hobbies are always good, you know, whether it's going to museums or community events. Um, hikes, any inexpensive, you know, opportunity is a good one. There's a website called meetup.com, and there's always local blogs that have ideas. Uh, to get wealthy, I would make sure that you insure yourself correctly, whether it's insurance or homeowner's insurance or auto insurance. Um, a lot of money can disappear quickly when something goes bad. Uh, a good friend of mine, he was telling me about his TV, and he got a big insurance policy on it. And I'm like, why? It's got a one year on it. If it's going to break, it's going to break in that first year. And if not, it's already super cheaper at a discounted rate. Anyhow, you can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.